and gentlemen waxers if you will welcome to the nostalgia wax podcast my name is frank joined alongside by my friend happy new year my co-host josh wax on josh wax on 2018 how you feeling this evening uh i'm spectacular thanks for asking appreciate that we've been away for quite some time yeah my fault entirely yeah well you contributed (laughs) so yeah for uh the the uninclined uh the reason that you did not get that follow-up episode that we promised you after the rudolph is because well we recorded it that same night and just kind of bled over into a three-hour production of it was a three hour of something. And yeah, let me tell was. you, when I came home that evening, boy, did I get yelled oh, at. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, then it was all worth it because it's caught on tape. Yeah. So not not only was it an episode we didn't air, but I got yelled at for it. Hey, if you got to get jumped for something, might as well be something that we can only listen to every, uh, every sixth beer or so. So how was your New Year's? How was your New Year's Eve? How'd you spend it? Uh, I spent it. We we sat here at home. the uh, the the wife's daughter came over with all her right. family, and we all watched the ball drop. Gotcha. And I was I was thinking you were going to go that you all binged more Outlander, but I'm glad that no, you no. took yourself away from it. We we did not binge more <laughs> Outlander. We 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 watched the ball drop, and the. the the daughter is into some kind of thing called this uh, tide pods. No, no. What? <laughs> okay, in a moment. But the, this trivia game that's on, like the people every three hours or something. There's a new trivia game that goes on. Is this on your iPhone? It's or? yeah. It's supposed to be like it's an app you download. Okay, and it's this like live show. Oh. Yeah, and they ask, I think, 15 questions, and there's X amount of dollars available, and depending on how many people are there, if you make it through all 15 questions, then you get a cut of the prize. So this is like the new trivia hotness, because you know there's something every six months or so that takes the app store, takes the world by storm, some kind of weird trivia thing. Yes, so this is the new thing, and if you'll give me just a moment here, I can... Ah, okay, so it's called HQ. 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 
Okay. Live trivia game show. All right. Well, that guy looks like a douche. And he's pretty much a douche. <laughs> Dude. So uh, I spent my New Year's Eve with that guy because <laughs> they were they were giving away their, their biggest jackpot of, of all time. And apparently there was like $10,000 up for grabs. And if you made okay. it all the way through to the end, then, then those who completed all 15 questions got a share of the $10,000. Wow. And it was pretty anticlimactic because I, I don't know if they were trying to coincide with New Year's or, or when they were trying to do it, but it drew such a high uh, login rate that it crashed everything. Oh, okay. So they asked like the first like four questions, I want to say, before they're just like, ah, you know what? We got to like, we're having all kinds of problems. So no, okay. Like, no, all right. we'll be back in an hour. And so, like, then you came back, like, in an hour, and they're like, well, these first four questions should be pretty easy to anybody who was trying to, like, play earlier in the night. So, wow. Yeah, it was it was a little silly. But. Now, in terms of ringing in the new year, did everyone stay up and ring it in with you? Uh, so, there was another point of contention is that her husband, okay, for whatever reason, his parents, they left their dog at home. They were uh, staying the night with us. Okay. Along with their son. All right. And they left their dog at home, and his parents were supposed to go and let the dog out. Okay. So the answer to the question is who let the dog uh, who let the dogs out? <laughs> no one. Tony's parents okay. were supposed to, but, but they no one couldn't did. let him Okay. Out. So he he had to leave at like eleven forty five. Okay. It seems like maybe you could just let the dogs go a little bit longer. I don't know. You know, uh, I, at that point in time, what's it matter? Nah. The dog probably. The dog's probably pissed or fish in the house already. I think he's crated. <laughs> so oh. it's literally in a crate. So pissed or fish in a crate. In a couple more minutes. Uh, you know, you're going to have to wash the dog anyway. Why not celebrate the new year and then go home and wash the dog? Interesting you pointed that out and I didn't. But. Let me, uh, well, you didn't point it out for various reasons. Oh, okay. Let, uh, let me tell you a little bit about my New Year's Eve. I decided I would... Uh, I decided I would get a little fancy. Uh-oh. Okay, for dinner. And I decided I would cook one of the meals that I've always said I'm going to cook. And that meal happened to be Chef Gordon Ramsay's Beef Wellington. Oh. Oh. Okay. So I decided I'm going to cook a Beef Wellington. For those who aren't familiar with Beef Wellington, I won't spoil the recipe, but it basically is like a beautiful piece of meat that is somehow magically encrusted with uh like pastry low dough puff pastry. It's a pastry it's a puff pastry puff pastry but magically enough the puff pastry cooks and the beef stays somewhat rare yeah extremely rare in the yes meat. so okay take it away so go to the store get all the ingredients cost me like a million dollars and go home i sear off the beef wellington put the english mustard on it Okay, and uh, you know I'm literally I'm I'm following Chef Gordon Ramsay's recipe. You can YouTube it, and he's literally walking. What's the matter with you? You don't gay. Yeah, but You're he doesn't. It all wrong. But, but he doesn't yell at you, so I don't know if that's a bonus or, or or maybe it's maybe you really want him to yell at you. I don't know. P- play Hell's Kitchen in the background yeah. as you're doing it. It's probably like the sadomasochist, like <laughs> they, they <laughs> screw up intentionally, hoping that he'll yell at them. Probably. So I put the English mustard on it. I wrap it in the uh, pancetta. Mm-hmm. So you, you you wrap it in pancetta, and then you wrap it in a, uh, 
basically I chopped up a bunch of mushrooms and made kind of like a mushroom paste almost. Okay. Yep. You yep. cook the mushrooms down, you get all the water out, you smash them down. It's a mus- it's a mushroom paste, and then uh, and then you wrap it up in the puff pastry. There's a lot of resting and, and cooling mm-hmm. in between this, but I'm I'm shorting it up. And then Gordon Ramsay tells me on the YouTube, he's like, he's like, set the oven to 200 degrees, put it in there, and let it cook for 32 minutes. Was it like one of the weird, like, the really fast where he's giving you the recipes? He's like, salt, mushroom. <laughs> like he looked like he was on speed the okay. entire time that he was doing it. So he tells me 200 degrees, put it in there for 32 minutes, and it'll come out, and then he, you know, the, the rest of the steps, whatever. So I'm like, okay, great. So there's a cook time and then you've got to wrap it in the... No, 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 no. This okay. is after it's already okay, been okay. wrapped. I've already done all the prep okay. stuff. I've, I've cooled, I've cooked, I've cooled, I've cooked. I've, it's ready to go in the oven for its final thing. Okay. He says 200 degrees for 32 minutes. Or maybe it might have been 35 minutes. One of those, right? So I set the oven to 200 degrees. Beep, beep, beep. I put it in there. 35 minutes. Click. Good to go. All right? So... Like, maybe 25 minutes goes by, and I walk by, and I'm like, you know what? Let me check on the Wellington. Let me see how it's doing, right? And I look at it, and the puff pastry that's around it is not puffing. It's not cooking. It's not golden browning, okay? And this is 25 minutes into the 35 minutes it's supposed to cook. I'm like, something's wrong here, right? So, so you're faced with the, the big, the big debate. Do you stay the process, <laughs> or do you call an audible? Well, here's the thing: I called an audible, oh. um, and the reason for that was I went, I, I started to think in my mind. Okay, this YouTube video I watched, he said, put it in at 200 degrees. Where's Gordon Ramsay from? <laughs> I bring back up the YouTube. And one of the top comments on there goes, hey, guys, when he says 200 degrees, he means Celsius, not Fahrenheit. So essentially, I should have been cooking this at 400 degrees for 35 minutes. Let me just tell you, it ended up being a disaster. Well, then it turns into like really fun math because you're like, okay, wait a second. So if it's cooked at 200 degrees <laughs> yeah, no, for 13 I didn't even, minutes and I need to, ha- it should have been 400 at like three minutes. Like No, I didn't. I did not even try to make math at all. I did was just crank it up to two, to 400 and we waited till it golden browned a little bit, but the inside wasn't cooked as well. It was fine. It was a little more rare than it should be medium rare. And I'm uh, all for it. I, I, I mean, it was fine. It, it, it tasted okay, but. Lesson learned. When Gordon Ramsay says 200 degrees, make sure he clarifies whether it's Celsius or Fahrenheit. Is is there anything worse than like, honey, I got this. I got this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to make this. I'm going to make that. And you've got like everything like, yeah, no, no, leave me alone. Uh-huh. I've got this. And she has to come in and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, especially my wife, because it, she from the get go said, do not cook beef Wellington because something will go wrong and I won't get food but and I'll be angry. No, it wasn't that good. It wasn't good. Because I, I think it, it cooked, it sat there like, like as if it was warming in the sun for 30, you know, 30 minutes. I think it needed to be cooked 
right away. I don't think it should have sat there like that in the oven where it wasn't actually cooking. And then the puff pastry was like soaking down into the meat. And then like it was just it it wasn't great. So it probably like. Well, probably not pink because you then had, you, like, you, some mushrooms. You, you're on supposed to. Oh, Frank's got to buy everybody beer. Oh no, you know what that is? That, was that the the beef Wellingtons ready? No, you know what that is? 2018. You know what 2018 is going to be the year of? Frank getting a timer and knowing when it's time to move on to the actual show. That has been ten minutes. Why are we here this evening? Wow! <laughs> Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. <laughs> We're not even going to talk. Wait, wait, wait for it. Topical. Don't bore us. Get to Dolores. Oh, sad. <laughs> totally sad. Sad. Want to was... talk about it now or you want to wait? Oh, man. I don't know. Well, let's just get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, how long are we staying on her? Mm. <laughs> God, there's so many good jokes right there. But it's not, but I'm not inappropriate. Do it and I inappropriate. Love her so much. Inappropriate. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just quickly. Yes. Uh, my personal experience with Miss Dolores O'Riordan is the fact that she was a great big part of my Columbia House days back in ah when we ordered the cds and didn't pay for them exactly yes columbia house definitely paid for the first cranberries album for me Mm -hmm. i fell in love with her from that moment on i'm not a huge fan of the whole like zombie song anything like that i I don't know i can't go deep cuts on it but she's one of these uh girls where uh her look her voice everything about her just like uh, stole my heart mm-hmm. at a very young age. Very unique. I very still, unique voice. I still look at girls with like the pixie cut hair hairstyle mm-hmm. is like like some people are like, eh, it looks like a boy. No, like I'm into the pixie cut because of Dolores yeah. Reardon. She sold um, it. Uh, I loved her. I, I revisited her a little bit in 2006 with the Adam Sandler movie Click. You were telling me about that. Yes. Yeah. So she makes a, a guest appearance in that because the Cranberries linger was their first song, uh, Adam Sandler, Kate Beckinsale. And she ends up showing up at Adam Sandler's son's wedding mm-hmm. and singing. They don't like really, oh, it's Dolores O'Riordan. So it's like one of these like cheesy guest spots. She's just there singing a really different version of Linger because Adam Sandler ends up having a panic attack and dies or <laughs> and- <laughs> gets put in a hospital during the course of the wedding. But she is, she was amazing. And, uh, the, it, it part of the thing that was so sad for me was going back and revisiting her, her life, and where she was going with her career, mm-hmm. and the things that she had done in her career that I didn't know about. And it's it's kind of one of those things where you think about you you have such a passion for one particular like album, one particular song, and you don't appreciate the rest mm-hmm. of the body of work that somebody has done. And uh, I feel like sort of short-sighted Miss mm-hmm. Dolores O'Riordan. So. I would agree 100%. And you actually brought to my attention that fairly recently there had been an acoustic set released or acoustic version of a bunch of Cranberry songs. Yeah, back in 2017. They 2017, did like an yeah. entire album. It was, um, for lack of a better term, it was almost like a greatest hits revisited just acoustically. And if you see the cover of the album... Very reminiscent of the first two albums where they're all on the couch. Yes. Except this one's got like a green background. They're all obviously aged. But sure. Good looking band still. Very cool. 
Dolores, you will be missed. Faux shizzle. Faux shizzle. All right. Well, now I'm sad. Can you take me out of the sadness? Oh, that sounds like a song in and of itself. (laughs) Why are we here this evening? We are here this evening. I won't bore you anymore. Bored you anymore. Bored Bored. you. Oh, I see what you did. Wow. Wow. No, that's funny, though. Now, okay. So, is this an actual thing or is it not? Did people come up with board games because you play them not only on a board, but they will they were also bored. They were bored, so they played the games? Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah. Did they name them <sighs> after the board it was on or because they were bored? No. Or is it a double entendre? No, I think you're reading way too much into it. <laughs> Your, your timer's reminding you that that's not something you need to extrapolate on. It's simply board games. Carry on. We, Carry on. Waxers, we're going to talk about board games tonight. We're uh, we're going to kick it old school. We're going to talk about some classic board games. We're going to go into the weird ish that was the 80s and 90s for board games and, uh, and see what happens. We're going to have some fun this evening, I think. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I always... My number one goal is to have fun. This is this is Frank's show. I'm simply <laughs> chiming in this evening. So y'all hate it. You know where to forward your complaints to. There you go. So I thought, Josh, that with our board games, we would start off with the classics. And uh, I thought we would start out with what I, I like to think of as the OG of board games. And that's the 1935 Parker Brothers classic. Monopoly. Ah, uh, Monopoly. Ah, uh, Monopoly. Did now, anybody actually ever finish a game of Monopoly? My... <laughs> Did I steal your thunder? Well, you know what I would love to do? I would love to Google the amount of Monopoly games that have been played in the world and then what percentage of those games were actually finished. I want to say less than 1%. And Because inevitably, somebody always gets to the point where it's just like, I'm never going to win this game. Like there's, there, I I own nothing. I have almost. I got a house next, on Baltic. I, of I, my life. I'm, <laughs> I'm really hoping I catch the next turn because I need 200 bucks, really, really bad, and like I I'm gonna end up probably being in debt after this. So yeah, nobody ever finishes it. And then you got that asshole friend who's like, well, you, you know, you should stay in the game. You own the two utility companies. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> The two utility companies? What is that going to do for me? Such a jerk. (laughs) Uh, Original Monopoly, or do you prefer a themed Monopoly? Uh, Well, so here's the thing. When I was kind of prepping for the show and I was looking it up, did you know that there are over 100 versions of Monopoly in the U.S. alone? Uh, I would say that that's probably accurate and it probably also doesn't include like the fake versions of Monopoly where they didn't get like the official Monopoly they didn't, oh, license. Oh, I'm sure. No, yeah, for yeah. sure. It does not include those. It yeah. doesn't include the fake licenses, doesn't include any video games, any iPhones, uh, any of that other way that you can get well, Monopoly. Well, it might have that, but it I'm, doesn't. Saying, I'm saying like Royal Oakopoly. Like, oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no that's that, not that a doesn't real include thing. that. Stop it. Um, but I am more of a fan of the OG 
Okay. OG versus the themed. I recently, I, I was very close. Uh, it was post Christmas that I was in Meyer and I saw the Super Mario Monopoly. I was very close to buying it, but then I thought to myself, who, who am I going to play this with? Oh. I'm not going to play it with my wife. I'm not going to play it with my kids. Maybe, maybe we should have prefaced this whole show as when was the last time you actually played a board game? Oh, God, it's been so long. I think I may have played one earlier this year if you count that stupid pie face game Ooh, that's fun we'll, yeah. we'll talk we'll talk about the pie face okay. game later maybe right. you can bring it up later right. um monopoly so did you ever play monopoly right when you played it back in the day as a kid i would assume so well well here's the thing when i say play it right when you passed go, did you collect $200? I did. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that. When you landed on free parking, did you collect the money that you all put in the middle of the board? Yeah. No, you're not supposed to do that either. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, those are actual rules of Monopoly. I don't think in the official rules of Monopoly, when you pass go, I'm sh- I don't think you collect 200 It and says it right on the damn board. I, well, maybe that's true, but I know for free parking... There's none of that like money that goes in the middle and then you collect it, or you start out with the five hundred in the middle and you land on free parking. You get the, you get the five hundred. I'm gonna call shenanigans. On free this. parking is just a free space. Nah, I'm gonna call shenanigans. No, no, no shenanigans. Don't get all Irish on me. I'm still reminiscing about Dolores. All right. 1935 Parker Brothers Monopoly. Let's move on. I'm gonna take you to 1943. And I'm going to take you to another OG game producer, Milton Bradley. Oh. Shoots and Ladders. Wow. Did you play Shoots and Ladders as a kid? Probably in kindergarten. Yeah? That was it? Yeah. That was it? Yeah, I really was. <laughs> you weren't a big fan of the Shoots and Ladders. Uh, I mean, you, you just kind of like marched around the board. You, oh, I'm on a shoot. No. <laughs> need to hurry back up and climb that ladder so i can get back up to oh i'm on a shoot again so do you know the other name for shoots and ladders shits and giggles <laughs> snakes and ladders have you heard this snakes before and ladders? yeah uh, part of me feels i have but I, i've never acquitted it back to this game so before milton bradley basically americanized it in 1943 shoots and ladders og'd itself as snake and ladders it was an ancient Indian game. And basically what it was designed to do, get this, was to teach kids about life. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I've got so many things I could say which are all probably inappropriate Native American stereotype responses. So, uh, (laughs) the progression up the board represented Basically, a life journey full of virtues, ladders, <laughs> and vices, snakes. <laughs> and that's where Shoots and Ladders came from. Why are you wearing a headdress right now? <laughs> so, Shoots and Ladders. Uh, again, one of those games, like, if if we were ranking skill levels, like Monopoly, on a skill level, what would you say? Monopoly's, oh, probably, you Monopoly's a, a high skill. I think you need a degree to finish. You, yeah, Monopoly's that. a high skill. Shoots and Ladders, no skill. No. Luck of the draw. Pretty you roll much. a die, you, you move forward. Pretty much. Number three, 1949, Milton Bradley, Candyland. Oh, Candyland. You remember Candyland as a kid, right? You get stuck in the, what, the 
candy cane forest or the, the gumdrop marsh well no here's the thing is you can't Boggy get st- is you can't get stuck anywhere again it's one of those no skill games where you just roll and you pick cards and you move across the board mm-hmm. but for some reason as a child candyland infatuates you because in your mind somewhere you want to be in said candyland mm-hmm. i always wanted to eat that weird neapolitan ice cream they had there it looked delicious why didn't they have like a uh, a willy wonka tie-in game like i don't know it seems like that would have been it was a, a missed game. opportunity wow. hurry up buy the licensing rights have you tried to revisit Candyland? Uh, no <laughs> i have no reason to well i'm saying you know when the when the nephew comes over or uh no Candyland is not up there okay well good for you because i've tried to play Candyland as an adult that's this awful it's like the worst but for some reason, my kids are infatuated with it. The same reason we probably were. It's like, it's like a game about candy, and you're running through a magical candy land. That game is so stupid, I hate it. <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever. I can't stand it. But Please, if, if any of the youngins in your life try to bring that game to you, okay. do me a favor. Burn it. <laughs> light, light it on fire. Whoops. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. You grab the burn this board card and then just throw it in the fire. Wife, why'd you do that? I thought it was a Ouija board. They're not bringing the devil into my house. (laughs) The candy devil. 1963, there was a company named Ideal that brought out a game called Mousetrap. Oh, Jesus. Lord have mercy. Um, I'm going to say... Most children's first introduction to building a uh, Rube Goldberg oh, machine for sure, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, this this is right up there with Monopoly. Did anybody ever actually finish the game? Probably not, because no, everybody was too busy setting it up and then immediately like making the mouse trap go. Probably because also the thing never ever really worked right uh, i mean it was i, think it, I got it to work a couple uh, times well i i mean that okay times you got it to work versus times it didn't work and you're just like ah sh- well where did where did you run into the big problem like the steel ball didn't like hit the i can't make remember. the guy like dive into the pool exactly like yeah i i it to, <laughs> like you had to finagle a different marble perhaps like, yeah i need a little bit of a lighter y- marble you know i i can't rem- remember exactly uh, but what i remember from being a child and playing mousetrap is that it seemed like there was a lot of build up a lot of setup for very for me very little payoff that's a lesson that you'll learn later in life i, I mean it's almost like yeah it's almost like you know screw snakes and ladders yeah. teaching life lessons <laughs> mousetrap taught you a valuable life lesson Ladies will agree with that. <laughs> oh, wow. It's funny because it's true. No stake. Yeah. Moving on, our next classic game we want to talk about. 1965, Milton Bradley came out with a game called Trouble. Ooh. Trouble. Trouble. Most recently, Trouble has been reintroduced into my life. My daughter got a Trouble board for Christmas. Does it still have the Pop-O-Matic bubble? Of course, it has the Pop-O-Matic bubble. I mean, that's what made Trouble famous. I mean, Trouble by itself is is not that 
great of a game, mm-hmm. it's that Pop-O-Matic that sells oh it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it did it, it, they, did they patent that sound like Harley Davidson patents the sound of their engines? Because if not, they should have. Um, yeah, and whoever first popped open a can of beer or soda should have <laughs> patented that too. That'd have been fat stacks right there. <laughs> Popomatic bubble. Uh, yeah, I think I think the the cool thing about trouble for me was the fact that it was a. Uh, there was no folding of the board. That yeah, was probably one of the first games where I it didn't just have came to fold the board. right there in the board. You just open it, it up and boom, there it is. Ready to go, which made like setup of the game extremely easy. Right. Well, so, I mean, because you can't fold with the Popomatic. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you you found yourself playing Trouble probably a lot more than a, a bunch of other games. You didn't have to worry about like losing the dice. I have to imagine that probably went into like some of the decision making. Oh, I mean, it was it's, it was genius. Yeah, it's all included. Now, all inclusive. It's like a, a an exotic <laughs> resort in the French Riviera, without the booze. Exactly. Now, recently, I replayed Trouble because I said my daughter got it, and Trouble is actually it's not just a simple luck of the die. You move your guy. Like yeah, there's there's specific rules though around it and there's a wee bit as the iris say a wee bit of strategy to this game because you can when you hit the popomatic the only way that you can move your trouble guys out is if you roll a six and you can move them out of their home state if you roll a one then other players get to move themselves out of that home state as you're progressing on the board with the one trouble piece, you have to try to pick and choose because there's like different, there's almost some shoots and ladders action to it where you land on spaces and you warp to the other part of the board. There's so, warps? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I, you land on I certain. I have been playing trouble all the <laughs> I was, because I, I broke out the game and I was like, yeah, let's play some trouble. I'll just hit the popomatic and move my place, pieces around. I looked at the instructions. I was like, I do what now? <laughs> Wait, what do you want me to do, Trouble? Yeah, that sounds like uh, terrible revisionist history. <laughs> so there was Trouble. Next game, 1965, Milton Bradley put out a game called Operation. Oh, Operation. Please tell me how much you loved Operation as a kid. Uh, I mean, it was it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was all right. I, I think I found myself more... Uh, missing pieces than anything else. <laughs> I don't think I ever owned this myself and I I think we got like garage sale. You inherited games. a a operation board. Yeah, so like the wishbone might not have been there and like I I think we had like a super sensitive version or I'm just how clumsy. Uh could be the latter. Uh, I I, I want to say that operation when I played this game as a kid could possibly have been one of the most terrifying games. That I've ever played in my life. Why is that? I just never wanted to hit the edges because I felt, and this is this may just be little Frank remembering Operation wrong. Which Frank? <laughs> Young Frank. Damn it! When I was playing this game, when I would hit the well, no wonder it was buzzing all the time. <laughs> When I would hit the edges of that electrified wired game, 
I swear that shock, I felt it in my wrist it for days. It didn't shock you. <laughs> Stop it. I felt it in my wrist for days. Uh, that's how I remember it, and that's how I'm 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 going to move forward with it. Did you uh, like? What are some of the things? Like, there's water in the knee, the wishbone. Water in the knee, wishbone, butterflies in the stomach. Is there some kind of snake? No, but the hardest thing to get was in his. I believe it was his left arm. It was the. Uh, I think it was the writer's cramp, and okay. it was a pencil. Hmm. All right. What made one more difficult to get than the other? Just the way it was set up. So as it was designed, the plastic piece kind of followed the outline of it. So the hardest one to get was the pencil because the outline of it literally almost just about followed the length of the pencil that was in the writer's cramp. So you had to get down with those tweezers and really, really, that one was the hardest. Now, I can't remember... Was it just whatever you wanted to go for, or did you pick a card? I or didn't I didn't know I, it was a game or anything. Oh, you just <laughs> I thought it was like you try to get that stuff up. <laughs> That's what it is. They had a Charlie horse in there that was shaped oh, like a horse. Okay. It was, yeah. It was, uh, they had the Adam's apple. I think the heart was the easiest piece to get out of it all. I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I don't think I played it that often enough to where I, I, found myself mastering any of the operation skills have you seen this game recently yes okay so they've come out with like a ton of different versions of this so that's why i'm saying i thought i saw one with a snake um maybe i don't know i know that my kids got a minions version of it jesus okay and there you know there were a bunch of different things and i thought to myself i was like oh operation minions this will be cool like let's scar my children like i was right. scarred you know let's let's shock the shit out of the wrist right uh because you know the old operation like when you hit the side it was like bah! like you like you, you fucked up yeah. like as a kid you fucked up right this minions version okay my kids hit the side and it's like you must lose <laughs> Like it's and it's like it like the cuff like comes out and tickles them or some shit. It doesn't electrify their hands. It's not the same. It's stupid. You're enabling them as a parent. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I just want to be done with it. All right. I want to be done with it. 1967. Milton Bradley puts out a game that I absolutely adored. Josh, hoping you share the same sentiment. Battleship. Ooh, you B12. I always love playing this game. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was fascinated with light brights at the same time. I love mm. putting pegs in holes. Oh, oh. <laughs> as soon as it left. Oh. As soon as it left my mouth. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> hey, you know what I always wanted was uh, electronic battleship. Mm. Did you ever get that? No. I didn't either. No. It, it looked fun. It, it, it feels very much like something that my father would have been like, what do you need that for? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all. It's a pure, what do you need that for? I mean, it was probably legit. The The sad thing about Battleship is, in all honesty, like, they came out with Electronic Battleship, and yeah. they were probably already doing, like, a video game version of Battleship. Probably like, whether it be on a computer or... Probably. And it would have been much more realistic than Electronic Battleship. Sure. But then you would have lost that... What, I don't the little know. blinking light which showed that it was, it's a hit, it's a hit, it's a hit. 
Well, now I think you're you're you sounded very Blades of Steel esque there. It's a pass. Blades of Steel. It's a pass. It's a pass. Raspberry Pi. That's happening. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I started to research that a little bit. Yeah, We're in for something, but I, I'm I think we can we can get it done. You know, if you go on Lynda.com. <laughs> which I believe you have a membership to. I might. Uh, there's actually a whole, but you can look up Raspberry Pi. There's a whole process to setting it all up and all everything. Right, so we're good there. We'll, we'll, we'll research that. Did you know that Battleship actually originated at, as a pencil and paper game back in World War One? Seems extremely easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pencil and paper game back in World World War One. Like you didn't. I mean, you didn't have to have a board. So the most important uh, question is, did you cheat? I did not. I was really, really good about not cheating. I was not, I, I have never been a fan of cheating. Even back in the day when you were playing video games on the N64 or even the Xbox and you had the four-player split screen and someone was screen watching, I was never a screen watcher. I, I don't cheat. Uh, I may have. <laughs> I can see you cheating. I may have. <laughs> if only to buy myself like an extra move because it was essentially like they would, okay, so one would be a hit. Yeah. Right. And then you knew that either you had to go next, either horizontal yeah. or vertical. Yeah. And if like I needed to buy myself a little extra time, they might have hit me on a horizontal and I'd be like, turned it vertical. <laughs> oh, so not only so I was thinking peeking on the other side of the board. You legit changed your pieces? Oh yeah. Yeah, you no, I never that's because I never thought to look on the other side of the board. <laughs> you changed your pieces. That would have been the easy thing to do. That would have been like the the what do you call them on video games? The screen lookers or yeah, whatever. No, like, that, you, yeah, no, that you yeah, that was straight up. No, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just manipulated like, oh. Wow. It was going horizontal, but God, now I all of a sudden you. it's oh, going man. vertical. Us as kids, we got it. We would have gotten so many fights. That's all right. I <laughs> gave you a stone cold stunner, and it would have been over. Next game up, which was a game that I actually didn't. I feel like I didn't get into until the '90s, but it actually runs under our classics gamut. It came out in 1971 by Milton Bradley, Crossfire. Oh Jesus. Crossfire. Never you remember that? Me, I never had me a Crossfire. Every kid wanted a Crossfire, Every kid though. wanted one. But we got was, one. Oh, did you? Yeah. It, it wasn't until the 90s, though, and I want to say it was right before Nick was born. So there were three boys in the house, and I think we just had we had pounded our parents down to the point where they were just like, just get them the goddamn thing. So, I mean, it was essentially like... Uh, what for lack of a better term like an air hockey i guess yeah except instead of like having paddles you shot it with a gun of you shot it with a gun of tiny little metal bbs yeah and your your goal was to shoot the the, there were like two pucks right shaped differently and the goal was to shoot your bbs into the puck until it it, you forced it into the other person's kind of goal behind your gun but you had like legit guns you were firing from bbs at it was awesome it was awesome. So, did the BBs like occasionally like bounce out of the play area? No, 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 no. They all no, stayed. No, there, they all huh? stayed uh, because the the walls were high enough on the side, and the way that the gun was placed, the BBs when they fired out, they fired off 
like right on the surface. It's not like they fired off and landed on the surface. They were always skimming from the surface right away. So me being the consummate cheater, I'm sitting here automatically thinking like, why don't I just like act as if I'm like squeezing the trigger on the thing and like slightly pull up on the thing to tilt well, you the can't, whole board? Well, no, well, you can't. Okay. You can do that. Well, you could, but then you would be stupid cheater, Josh, that I don't want in my life. You're not going to be my friend when we're kids and I somehow time travel back in time. We're not friends. <laughs> not playing a game right. Also, the more I'm reading, I'm actually reading a book right now, The Time Traveler's Wife, and I feel like time travel could be possible. Why don't you just watch the movie? Well, because I want to read the book first. Why? Because books are better than movies. The time traveler in you is coming back and he's going to tell you just watch the movie. Just watch the movie, dude. Watch the movie. It's fine. What are you wasting your time for? Same thing. Next game, 1973, Milton Bradley. A game called Perfection. Perfection? Mm -hmm. Don't recall this. Well, guess what? I'll tell you. The anxiety-ridden OCD young Frank hated this game. Hmm. The whole concept of perfection was you had these, you had this board and you had 25 pieces, different shapes that you dumped out of the board. Not just like normal shapes either. It was like, it wasn't like here's a circle, here's a triangle. They might have been in there, but there were like this. weird shapes. Like here's a fucking like like half moon with a horn. It was like the ESP things, like what from Ghostbusters <laughs> is like. What are these three wavy lines? Okay, <laughs> cool. Now you've got to like take the three wavy lines and you place put them, them in the, the board. Yeah, and you had sixty seconds to place twenty five pieces into the board. It was like reverse operation. <laughs> Instead of taking them out, you were putting them in, and like you had a time going and if you didn't make it by the timer the it was like if children had a version of the hurt locker <laughs> that would be it yeah. it was frightening it's very, it's very appropriate. I, I and then if you didn't get the pieces in the 60 seconds the pieces would explode back I, in your face okay so i recently have been having this well it was one night i had this terrible nightmare <laughs> It was, uh, it, listen, it gave me the most anxiety I've, hel- I've felt in a long time. Hit me with it. Yeah, I had a really hard time sleeping. Didn't, like, wake up in a good mood at all. Um, so, in this dream, I, I don't know where I was working, but I was working in this place. And I, I was going in, like, on a weekend to, to work on something. And I got there, and for whatever reason, my computer wasn't working. Okay. And I said... Oh, well, I know this girl, and it wasn't a girl I knew, but it was a, a like I was friendly with her. Sure. I know that she has her laptop in her office. So I went to her office and I took her laptop out. And I vividly remember it being like a rose gold, like like almost a MacBook or something yeah, like that. I got I'm picturing it. It is a very bougie, like little, you know, you could tell a girl it was a girl's MacBook or, or something. Side note, I love the word bougie. Bougie. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like, okay, well she, I know her, we're friends. She wouldn't mind if I used her laptop. And so I, I pulled open the laptop and for whatever reason she left it, uh, logged in and I pulled it out and I flipped up the screen. Pornhub.com. I happened to notice <laughs> that there were two pictures on there and I could see them on the thumbnail that it was kind of like somewhat like, you know, risque photos. Ooh, click, click her, it. Click, click it. Click yes for yes. First instinct, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to click it. And as soon as I clicked it, do you know what happened? 
alarms went off. You remember how when you won a game of solitaire on Windows, like yeah. the cards would. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was like that with like pop-ups for porn, and I was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" Yeah, I freaked out. Well, it wasn't my fault. You closed it back and down. I'm like, click, 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 just. Yeah, trying you're just, trying to click away from it. Yeah. Can't close. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Nothing's working. And I'm like, okay, so I just like closed it. And I powered it down, turned and it back on, and same thing. Just nothing but inundated with pop-ups. I was going to say you closed it, and then all of a sudden it was like Aquatine Hunger Force where the pop-ups came outside. No, that's almost, how, that's almost <laughs> what it felt like. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll go log in on a different computer. And I logged in on a different computer in the same thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've infected the network. And I was like, just traumatized. I could, I didn't know what to do. And I remember um, a, a certain individual who may be uh, above it? me. <laughs> <laughs> Currently saying to me something along the lines of like, uh, oh, it's okay. We, we, we. We understand. It, we know it's, it's that okay. you like porn. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody holds you responsible for infecting the network. Okay. And I was just like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't care if anybody like thinks that I infected the network, but I don't want people thinking that I was like creeping on, like trying to see her pictures or something like that. Because yeah. All I was doing was like, well, trying to see her picture. Yeah, exactly. But That's exactly what I was trying, trying to, to do. use her computer, but when presented with, it. and it was just. Oh, I, I, it was one of those dreams where you wake up and you, you like grab yourself a drink of water and like, okay, we're going to lay back down. We're not going to have this dream again. And you fall immediately back into that dream. <laughs> and it's like, God, I'm going to say this was, uh, that, that was just a, a very strange deviation from I'm sorry. the perfection board game. That's what I thought though. <laughs> where you're like the, the high stakes involved with trying to make sure that you're getting all the pieces back in the board before the timer's up. All I thought it was like, gotta close all the f***ing pop-ups. God damn it. Like, that should be the new game. Close, close all the, the pop-ups, pop-ups before you infect the I'm sure the it probably is a game. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably, it's probably a game. And it's probably a virtual reality game in which you have to use, like, a different, like, controller to pretend you're a mouse. If it is, I'm buying it. No, I'll bet you are. Last game on our classic series. A game near and dear to my heart, and that happens to be Hungry, Hungry Hippos. This is another one where I think along the lines of like Crossfire, mm-hmm. people go into town on them hippo tails. Oh, Just yeah. Boosh, 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 boosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I legit, in all seriousness, I only remember really having one Hungry, Hungry Hippo session with like the family. Yeah. And it got heated. Oh, oh, yeah. Extremely and, heated. Well, here's the thing, and I'm glad you bring this up because uh, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that the OG Hungry Hungry Hippo boards, those things were solid oh, because yeah. they knew what was going down. Also, side note to that, the actual marbles that you were swallowing mm-hmm. as hippos <laughs> were actual marbles right. do you know nowadays the hungry hungry hippo set doesn't come with actual marbles oh right? really oh no 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 the hungry hungry hippo set you can buy nowadays is hot garbage can you even buy marbles nowadays i don't know that you bring about another thing i don't know hmm. All right. 
I don't know. I know kids don't play marbles well, anymore. Well, no, for sure. But I'm not trying to take us off the subject. That's, no, that's but still. That's an entirely different thing. But, yeah. Uh, Ooh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that, that is. <laughs> games that kids don't play anymore. There we go. Yeah. Uh, one pump and shoot each other with a BB gun from the other side of the yard. No, that's your weird thing. Oh, shit, sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> hungry, hungry hippos. First button masher? Yeah, legit. Yes. Yeah, it was the first button masher. Nobody knew what they were doing. No. You just hit that damn hippo's tail. Although, when you get towards the end, I will say there is a bit of finesse when it comes to gobbling up those last marbles. It's button masher initially, but towards the end, to get those last remaining ones, you got to time it just right. So help me out. Was was the tail more like a trigger in which like he's gonna go forward yes. and he's gonna grab it and come back yes. automatically, yep. or was it like like if you squeeze down a little bit, you could get it to where like it opened and then no first one. Okay, it, it was it was one then motion. You're right. Then it, it was feels one like motion. There would be a little bit more. Yeah, it was one motion. So there was a bit of timing towards the end, but yeah, initially button masher. Right. Yeah, it was the OG of button mashers. Like it. Yeah. Uh, I did read recently that there is a movie in the works. For what? Hungry Hungry Hippos. No. Proceed. Just go on. (laughs) I'll take a King Hippo movie over Hungry Hungry Hippos. Oh, King Hippo. Yes. How do you get get the uh, Band-Aids? I recently, uh, I recently, uh, yeah, punch him in the mouth. But I'm saying, how? Like, tell me the backstory. Like, he's got like a terrible like yeah, disease. With I, his I, belly I, there, there's something. something wrong there. He shouldn't be boxing. Uh, well, I mean, the... there's a story to be told, and Ron <laughs> Howard will tell it. Uh, speaking of which, my uh, uh, recently I bought an SNES Classic for my daughter. Real quick. Oh, I heard about you getting an SNES Classic. So, uh, Eric. Good for you. So, Eric at Extra Studio Podcast. Well, okay. Oh, the, wait, so, the no, podcast wait. that you shit all over the last episode. <laughs> them? Those guys? So, here's the deal. Because I feel like there's bitterness being tossed right now. By me? Just a tad. I'm just saying. You basically, like, called out Eric and Dan as, like, being sorry fucking sons of bitches for being at home on Christmas all by themselves. I don't think But, I hey, guess specific. what? If he's, like, alone on the holidays, guess what he's doing? He's out shopping, finding your oh, SNES. Yes, and yes. Oh, I don't specifically think I said any of those things. I'm fairly <laughs> confident you did. Uh, uh, specifically saying and alluding to things are two different, two different things. Anyway, so... You're the president of the United States. <laughs> Eric at Extra Secret Podcast. I happened to be talking to him and he said, hey, you know, I just keep coming across SNES Classics. And I said, well, hey, dude, next time you come across an SNES Classic, when you're out r- randomly looking at targets or whatever, wherever you are, shoot me a text message and... I'll scoop it up. I'll buy it. And sure enough, that very same evening, I was out to dinner with my wife and he shoots me a text message and he says, got one here. And I PayPal'd him the money. I said, pick it up, buddy. Have you done like the, oh, you PayPal'd. Have you done like the pay over the, the Apple message yet? No, I don't have that on my phone. Maybe my phone is too old. Okay. I don't know. I haven't done that yet. All right. But anyway, got an SNES classic and King Hippo. Okay, story full, full I circle. Think Christian Bale said it best. Oh, good for you. 
King Hippo coming back around. I am currently playing the SNES Classic with my daughter, and we were playing Super Punch-Out, and it wasn't King Hippo, but King Hippo reminded me of Bald Bull that I faced in Super Punch-Out, and uh, yeah, God, what a great console. I, Did I, you, so like, well, no, I'm, no, on topic, go ahead, proceed. <clears throat> Moving on, whole different, we'll have a different episode about all that stuff. Let's move into the weirdness that was the 80s and 90s with board games, because that's when board games took a really weird turn, and they had a lot of random, crazy stuff out there, including a game called Cootie? Cootie! (laughs) Cootie was the best! Yeah? You don't remember Cootie? Seriously? You have to. Was there a caterpillar involved? Uh, Some type of bug, yes. Okay. It was Uh, was a Cootie. Okay. So you basically you start the game with uh, a body, yeah, and I, I can't remember if you roll dice or whatever it is, but eventually, like you start adding parts to Cootie. Okay. So you might get like uh, right leg, and you'd pick up a leg, and you'd put a right leg, and eventually you want to end up with like a bug-looking thing at the end of the at the end. Of it's the starting to sound familiar. So the first person to complete their Cootie wins. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've got dice where it's got like different pieces and roll. I know. And, some, yeah. for, for some reason, when you said complete, I've got, complete. I've got an, two antenna on, and I roll an antenna. Well, you don't get shit because like you're not making two cooties; you're just making one cootie. For some reason, when you said complete your cootie, I it, make, it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Might have watched that movie last night. <laughs> Uh, but it was funny because I, I stopped by my my nephew's place the other day and he like ran over and he's like, look, it's Cootie. I'm like, dude, we used to play Cootie all the time. <laughs> like, let's play some Cootie. I'm in. We used to play Cootie all the time. <laughs> Cootie. <laughs> <fuck. laughs> this, ah, never mind. I'm not going to go down that. Well, go. Just go. Leave. Nah, I'll say it. This, that right there is the deviation between where white people are just kind of like, meh, and black people are like, what the fuck is wrong with white people? Because <laughs> black kids learning how to play dominoes. Me, I'm making fucking hugs. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you, you sit there, you slap the antenna on the Cootie table. <laughs> Damn it. Cody motherfucker for the win. <laughs> yeah. 1988, Milton Bradley came out with a game that I absolutely loved, and it was called Shark Attack. I have no clue what you're talking about right okay, now. Okay, so when I, I think- feel that, that like <laughs> most of these 90 games are going to be kind of lost on me, I'm going to be like, eh, I might have seen it in a commercial for when I was. Oh, you Power saw the Rangers, commercial. But- you saw the commercial because the commercial said shark, shark, shark attack. This shark eats like a maniac. Was Dude. it a big shark head? <laughs> yeah. Kind of- okay. So I it was a big shark yep. head See, that just. Uh, first of all, the, the depression in me right now that you can do some stupid thing and I know exactly what, what the game is. Whatever. Go ahead. So you, you so you rolled the die and your your goal was to be the fish that didn't get eaten by the shark. So Ooh, the shark starts out at a certain point and then you're rolling a die and then 
you move your fish forward and the shark is just looming chomping down every so often it's motorized I, I forgot how it worked i don't know if it was a switch or you wound it up beforehand i don't remember but the shark was just constantly coming at you the whole game it's phenomenal See, that sounds like a nightmare in and of itself. yeah it well, was yeah was there was there any strategy involved no like, no no it was like, luck of the draw it was like it was i think i feel like it was luck of the roll yeah whatever no 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 strategy there sounds shark like, attack sounds like a nintendo just trying to sell a peripheral my God, we could run a. Uh, we'll, we'll need to talk about this. We can run a whole other podcast on. Uh, nope. Other things. Nope. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. OCD will not get us this episode, folks. It's not. Pass the pigs. Oh, pass will that the get pigs. you? Will pass the pigs get you? Did you ever play Pass the Pigs? You're gonna have to refresh me on Pass the Pigs because so, it sounds like something I would have played. Pass the Pigs was total like a blatant rip. This is not of- something you did your freshman year of college. Uh, no, dude, if I grabbed a pig, I'd grab onto that pig and hold onto it for quite a while because, <laughs> oh, any story, treat that pig right. <laughs> Never know when you're going to get another pig around. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, people hate me. <laughs> Pass the pigs. <laughs> was a blatant ripoff of Yahtzee. Yahtzee. I loved Yahtzee. Yeah. So, so it was the had, same concept? Yeah. So you had like these little tiny plastic pigs. Okay. And however they magically made them do this, you could shake and roll them very much like dice. Okay. And they would fall like uh, either upside down on their side. And depending on how they fell, uh-huh. you got different points associated with them. Okay. And you like the, the big, huge one would be, I think they called it like a double porker. <laughs> no, they did not. Or a double snorter, <laughs> a double snouter. <laughs> Hold, please. Okay, so it's, it's actually uh, a double leaning jowler. Oh my god. <laughs> uh also if you if you roll the pigs and they're touching in any way, it's called making bacon or an oinker. Okay. And so you get zero and make... you have to turn it over. All right. Uh there's also a piggyback. If one pig lands completely resting on top of the other, then the player is out of the game. So this game was completely filled with sexual innuendos yeah see the little pigs there oh yeah yeah that pig looks like it's ready to he's he's doing a snouter that's a snouter he's on his snout oh okay it's like a piggy handstand he looks like he's ready to take a snouter (laughs) (laughs) double jowler All right, we're going to move on from Pass the Pigs. <laughs> Pass the Pigs was great. Uh, I don't know if Pass the Pigs was appropriate to play as a child. Extremely. The next game I want to reference, a game called, um, came out in 1987 by a company called Pressman. Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. Hmm. Did you play this one? So it was a game where your your goal was you started out on the out, just like any board game. You started on the outside, you rolled die, you were trying to get your five cavemen into the center of the board. But the thing was, if you happen to roll 
a dinosaur. There were two die. If you rolled a dinosaur, then you had to take this little wind-up dinosaur tie toy, put it in the middle of the board, and then that thing that that thing would spin all around. Really? And if it knocked you down, then your guy had to go back to the beginning. Oh, see, that sounds fun. Oh, it was awesome. Do you remember? That'd be so, a great drinking game. So you don't remember the commercial, I'm guessing. Oh, no. Dizzy, dizzy dinosaur knocks you out when you move about. Dizzy, dizzy dinosaur. He's real nice till you roll the dice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that's it for sure, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's something around that. <laughs> You've created your own song over the years. Well done. It could well be. Done. It could be. You know how you remember things different. Wow. Yeah, but I mean that rhymed, right? It, it worked. It did. Yeah. You're you're a jingle guy. Dizzy you're, dizzy dinosaur. You're a regular was great. Barry family cuffalo. Well done. <laughs> Go right on the uh, State Farm commercial now. I can't remember if. Uh, oh, speaking of which, have you? I mean, you've heard my rendition of "I Love Dinosaurs," right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have. I, I, I eventually. I think. I think I could get in the game of writing jingles. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I and, and when I say writing jingles, I mean writing jingles for other people to sing, not me to sing the jingles. But I can write other. Oh, I love your jingles. <laughs> you should do it. Say that again. I love your jingles. Say it one more time. I love your jingles. <laughs> I love <laughs> your jingles. It's enough. So, the next game I want to talk about. Jingles. Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit. The yeah. Game that I love so much. Now, I don't know when Trivial Pursuit first came out. It was. It, it was it's probably been out for a while, However, Trivial Pursuit, when it came to, I guess, when you and I were first introduced mm. to it, would have been somewhere 80s, 90s that we referenced it. And I think one of the first editions you had mentioned to me was the Genius Edition 4, possibly. Oh, no. See, that's where you make a common mistake. It's not a genius. Oh. It's the genus Oh, oh, okay. Yes. I apologize. No, no, I'm fine. Uh, I I remember vividly, the the thing that I loved about Trivial Pursuit is like all the crazy, stupid facts that you would learn. And I was the type of kid where, again, you can consider this cheating. I considered it educating myself. But I would constantly take the book, like the box of cards. Sure. And I would read all the cards. Sure. Now, there's an element of memory. So it's not like I was cheating from the standpoint of like going in and like reading the next list of answers. Correct. I was just reading all the cards and like Uh storing all the information. Yes. That is cheating. No. (laughs) It's completely fair. Completely fair. Uh, so what happened when you played like the Jeopardy game on the, the Nintendo? And oh, eventually everyone was yeah. No, ev- eventually if you played Jeopardy more than other people, then you were going to win that game because okay. it's not going to repeat itself. So that's how it was with Trivial Pursuit. However, you are going out of your way to read the cards prior to getting the cards exposed to you. You still have to remember it. It's a mem- It's a matter of memory retention. I'm not going to argue this point with you. Uh, you don't have to. You're wrong. <laughs> so if I if I discover these facts on my own out in just the normal world, it's then fine. it's fair. But if I discover them based on the fact that it's like, yes, okay, then that then is... you're telling me 
that if I went to school yes. and I had a science book yeah. and I, I had, if I had all the answers essentially in the science book that that was cheating every time I took a test because I retained the information that I learned from my science book. No, what you did was you waited till the science teacher left the classroom. You went behind their desk and you grabbed no, the I... answers to the test they were going to give and you studied that. That is what you did. Reach. Reach. <laughs> no. <laughs> Total reach. That's a reach. Flag on the play. Reach. Trivial Pursuit, I, I will tell you, I didn't appreciate Trivial Pursuit until I got older. And I started to get additions, to be completely honest with you, additions that were more in the 2000s. And then as soon as I got that, I really started appreciating the game because it was, especially when they came out with different versions and it was Trivial Pursuit pop culture, when I was like... they bastardized the game. The great game of Trivial Pursuit <laughs> yeah. is what you're saying, right? That's when you so, liked it. That's soon when as it was okay for Frank. As soon as it wasn't all history and economics and... Oh, yeah. You know, I it, when it was pop culture, I loved the game. Who needs to know why they came up with the Brady Bill? No, about that. Well, that was because they need to. They needed something to ring every time the Brady Bunch started. Exactly. <laughs> genius, you're a regular genius. 1987, Parker Brothers came out a game. Came out with a game which I absolutely loved, and it was called Pizza Party. Party, pizza party. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. You know the uh, you know the commercial. I do. I do. That's that fantastic. Till this day, party, pizza party. Now, if memory serves, I I don't think I ever played it. But did it involve something with like trying to balance pizza toppings or something like that? No, there was no. no uh, then, well, <laughs> I got nothing. But you remember the commercial? I remember the commercial. Uh, That's it. So no, it was no no balancing of pizza. It was basically just an elaborate memorization game. What happened was you started out with a slice of pizza, and your slice of pizza was identified as either like pepperoni, green pepper, mushroom, or something else and what you had to do was you had to basically actually no i take that back your pizza wasn't identified as anything but there was pepperoni green pepper mushroom and something else that you could pick up it was a memorization game so what you had to do was you had to like match certain toppings and then bring them to your slice so you had a, a slice that was open and filled with these they were like circle slots, pogs, basically, right. is what you picked up. And you had to do like kind of like a memory match thing. And then you had to basically like the first time around, it was like, oh, you're, you're free to go. Like pick a thing. And you picked mushroom. Okay. Now moving forward, I need to fill my slice with mushroom. So now you had to go. It was almost like a go fish slash memorization game because when someone would pick up. Oh, then you get to see. Okay, yeah. When yeah. someone would pick up something and say, oh, this was a pepperoni slap it down you'd be like oh there's a pepperoni right there however there was a pog in there which i can very much appreciate now a pog in there that said switch so if you pick that up you could actually switch with someone who maybe had more toppings mm. than you and you'd switch pizza slices and you would take that but that's not cheating that's part of the game oh jesus no, that's. It's not I, like you're studying the 
pogs ahead of time. So in listening to like in the way that I remember Pizza Party, and it sounds like it's probably a lot better game than whatever it was direct that you were playing. <laughs> do you remember there was some type of weird game where there was almost like a uh, a pyramid type thing, and it rested atop something that balanced it. Okay, and it was kind of like square, and it was like tiered, and it had spaces on the board where they were like where your pogs would fit, mm. like different pogs. Yeah, and like you had to like balance them, and like eventually it was kind of like Jenga, where the person who had too much on one side or whatever it tipped over, and that person lost. It seems familiar, but see, it I seems don't... like that would have been like pizza party, like somebody's like spinning the dough, and like the dough's on the thing. And you have to like put your toppings in and like whoever puts the topping in the wrong spot, like then the pizza topples over and you've lost the pizza party. Yeah, I don't like that. That's a lot more fun. I don't like that as much. I've already reinvented (laughs) TM me. I don't like that as much. Okay. Anyway, party. Pizza party. Pizza party. Yeah. Again, I don't know why it was in there until you just did that. So thanks for, thanks for that. You're welcome. Now, we have referenced this next game in a previous podcast. Okay. Win, lose, or draw. No, oh, Jesus. Do you remember playing win, lose, or draw? No. And you know what? You, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lump win, lose, or draw in with Pictionary. I was just getting ready to say, no, I never played win, lose, or draw. I was exclusive to Pictionary. Yeah. So you were either a win, lose, or draw person, or you were a Pictionary person. I was definitely a Pictionary person. Yeah. All right, I was. Uh, we had win, loser, draw in our house, so that's what we did. Uh, I couldn't tell you what the difference is between the two. What's the I, difference? I thought win, loser, draw used like a bigger pad of paper. That was it, huh? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I watched the show with Burt Convy, and yeah. that's the guy who played the Incredible Hulk, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Burt Convy was the Incredible Hulk. Bill Bixby he hosted win, loser, draw. And I think they were both gay, but not together. <laughs> but not together. Not together. Ah, uh, yes. I. Uh, this is a game that when I was in my youth, I don't think I appreciated as much. Okay. Either win, lose, or draw, or Pictionary. I mean, I, I, I played them both. Obviously, we were the house that had the win, lose, or draw. Th- that... As I've come into a elder state, so to speak, those types of games are a blast. If you can get a good group of people together to play a game like that, and nowadays technology has advanced to the point where you can, you know, do something like that on an iPad, where mm. you're, uh, you know, you're showing the iPad to people and you're drawing with your finger. Ooh, and, that sounds fun. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, this is advanced to the point where this could be a blast again, and I, I haven't exactly involved myself in it yet. Um, so if memory serves, I think one of the big differences was, and correct me if I'm remembering incorrectly, but I think Pictionary focused on like uh, single, like. Uh, single items that you would draw or like, yes. you know, single, single yep. top and win, lose or draw got into like titles of books or titles of movies, things like that. And there was a lot of like the plus type stuff. Going yeah. On. It was, it was a different element. I mean, there were two different games. There was a different element to it. That sounds about right. I like can't Pictionary remember. It was like draw a snake. Like, 
Look, it's a snake. It's an S. No. It's, ooh, no. it's a snake. It's a better, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Go f- oh, f- just happened. <laughs> the f- <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I seriously don't know what to think right now. What the fuck is badger mushroom thing? Okay, pause it. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, the gloriousness that is badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Nothing a snake. Ooh, ooh, it's a snake. <laughs> Next game on our list. 1990, Milton Bradley came out with a game called Hero Quest. Oh, this is the the one that they blatantly ripped off Gauntlet, right? I <laughs> or or golden axe? No, looking back, I no gauntlet is more correct. I feel like it was a gauntlet ripoff. Here's the thing: is I actually did you own this game? No, no. Okay, because I own this game. However, this was not a game that I feel like I asked for. Okay, <laughs> but it was a game that I got, which is weird because when you look back on it. And you research Hero Quest now, it's one of those games that's like like it's one of those eighties, nineties games that's like uber popular. Okay. However, I never asked for it. And if we recall in past episodes, Frank had a little little dive into the D and D action. Remember right. that? Yeah. This basically was and I was talking to Eric from Extra Secret Podcast. It was kind of like a glorified D&D ripoff. I would yeah, I see was that. this game basically and I I I never understood how to play it. You basically you could be a barbarian, an elf, a dwarf or a wizard. Those were like the four main characters. Okay. And then there was a fifth player who was the evil wizard who could construct the board ahead of time. So the dungeon master. Basically the dungeon yeah. master, yeah. And there were certain ways that you could construct it based on the instruction booklet. And apparently the instruction booklet had different quests that led to bigger quests that eventually you could buy expansion oh. story quests to it. And it might be your first ever DLC, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, source books for D&D were probably out before that. But oh, whatever. Well, I mean, if they're ripping off. D&D, they might as well do it proper and True. have source books. So. Yep. So, it was the... Uh, yeah, I, I never understood how to play it, honestly. <laughs> there there were a bunch of pieces to it and I would set pieces up and again, I, I don't know why I got it. Maybe I got it because a bunch of the people I were... I was hanging around, maybe they were like, oh, this hero quest, you gotta get this. And I was like, okay, I'll get it. I'll ask for it for Christmas. Because I can't see either of my parents being like, oh, this is something he wants. Mm-hmm. But alas, I got, got it. it. I didn't understand it. Was it maybe supposed to be for one of your brothers and like they just labeled it wrong? No, it wasn't. No. Okay. 
no no if there's if we if we're going on a a dork scale it, it frank's at the top of that and then it, it it lessens from there even as as much street cred as it waxers out there if you've listened to past episodes as much star wars street cred as justin has that doesn't even come close to the amount of cred i have okay move along as an idiot just move <laughs> along moving on 1992 parker brothers came out with a game called grape escape i remember grape ape but grape escape nope got nothing Ooh, grape ape was a grape beverage ape. wasn't that a beverage grape ape. i don't what's happening are you badgering me? Are you was, doing the badger badger to me? I thought he was friends with like McGill Gorilla or something. <laughs> What's Grape Ape? Um, I thought it was a cartoon. <laughs> was Maybe, it? I don't know. <laughs> you thought it was a beverage? It sounds like a beverage, okay. like Grape Ape. Like... It sounds like the, like a, a distant relative of the Otter Pops. It's like the Grape Ape. I know. Well, that that's why my mind went right. to beverage. Uh, grape Escape was basically this game where you took these, you would make these little clay figures for the game board out of Play-Doh. You would make them. like So you would have like a, a yellow kind of clay Play-Doh thing, a green clay Play-Doh thing, red and maybe blue. I don't know. I don't remember. But you would make these, you would make your figures. And basically you would set up this like elaborate, clay torture porn thing <laughs> okay on on this game board and you would move your clay piece your your grape pieces through these torture porn devices and you would hope that maybe you didn't roll where you had to start the device and like eliminate them like it was like there was like a thing what is that is this like the hostile board game yes. brought to you by Eli Roth? Yes. There were scissors that chopped what? your clay guy Sciss- in half. There was like a masher that mashed him down. What? Yeah, this game was <laughs> I, I still remember oh, the snake. No, I still remember the commercial. The commercial was like <laughs> the commercial had this <laughs> The commercial had this, these lyrics to like like classical music. It was like <laughs> you can't even do it. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Do it. Make them take them to the factory. Smash them, bash them. Now the history. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. That was some grape escape. <laughs> That's the way it goes oh when God, you play more. the grape escape. <laughs> wow. It's like some weird, like, Italian classical opera, just bizarre stuff. I'm so upset I don't remember this. It was. <laughs> And here's the thing is, is this is what irritated me about the game is it start you would start out with different colors that you would make these grape guys with but like play-doh and this is something that pisses me off as 
an adult and watching my kids play with Play-Doh, eventually, like, the Play-Doh kind of gets mixed together and you end up with a guy that's not a green guy. He's like a green and blue guy or a green and blue and red guy. And you're just like, God damn it. Keep your Play-Doh straight. I'm I'm not the neatest guy in the world, but when it comes to certain things, it just irks me when it's mixed together. And Grape Escape was one of those games. All right. You never played Grape Escape? Never. Did you play Eat It, Ralph's? No, I I know Wreck-It, Ralph. (laughs) Good Wreck-It! 1992, Milton Bradley came out with a game called Eat It, Ralph's. And basically what happened is... Prior to the game starting, you were all distributed these little tiny pieces of cardboard that resembled different types of foods like pizza or cheese or broccoli or, you know, it was it was just different types of foods on these little tiny cardboard slabs. And what you would do is you would roll the die and when you rolled the die, it would pop up as either a one, two, three or stuff. Now, if you rolled a one, you would take one of your cardboard pieces that were evenly distributed to the from the rest of the, the team. You would take one of your cardboard pieces and you would stuff it into the mouth of this character who was Ralph. You would stuff it into his mouth. He had this little tiny slot and he would suck in the food, right? So if you rolled a one, you would stick one piece of food in there. If you rolled a two, two pieces of food. If you rolled a three, three pieces of food. If you rolled stuff, well, then you had the option to stuff as many pieces of that cardboard food into his mouth as possible. Now, the object of Eat at Ralph's... Why do I feel that there's projectile vomiting coming into the equation? The object of Eat at Ralph's... Eat at Ralph's? Eat at Ralph's was to obviously eliminate all of your cardboard pieces be the first one yeah. to eliminate all your cardboard pieces of food what could possibly happen kind of very similar to uno what could possibly happen is that you would put maybe one too many pieces of cardboard into his mouth and he would blah, 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 blah. he would ralph his pieces out Ugh. of his mouth and then if he did well, that meant you grabbed all those pieces. And it could be not only your own pieces, but pieces that other people stuffed into Ugh. Ralph's mouth. The object, obviously, being to that, you know, make sure that you eliminate all your pieces. That's disgusting. Do you know what the modern day version of this is? And I, I have it for my kids. No, I don't. Pop the pig. Pop the pig. Oh, yeah. It's belly busting fun from Goliath. Oh, Jesus Christ. What your object is to do is to. Roll a die again, and then, uh, no, no, I take that back. You don't even roll a die. What happens is there's these little tiny hamburgers. First and foremost, let me take a step back. You've got a very large pig with an open mouth and a very big belly and a chef's hat. Okay. And what you do is, one by one, you select these hamburgers that are in front of them. And as you select the hamburger, you look at the very bottom of it, and it has a number on it, either one, two, or three. Depending on the number that's on the bottom of that hamburger, you have to stuff it into this pig's mouth and hit the chef hat that amount of times. So if it's a three, you stuff the three in there, you pump on the 
chef hat three times. As you pump on the chef hat, the pig's belly gets bigger and bigger. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to end up popping the pig. And that means there's a little belt on the edge of his belly. As you pop, as you push down, the belly gets bigger. You don't want to be the one who pops the belt and essentially pops the pig. So basically, the goal of this game is to feed a pig until it explodes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wish we had it all. Adults only platform. <laughs> I'm thinking of something totally different. Moving on from Pop the Pig, essentially eat at Ralph's is what we were referencing. The very last game from our 80s, 90s crazy games I want to talk about is 1986. Milton Bradley came out with a game called Fireball Island. Now, did you own Fireball Island, My Josh? brother owned Fireball Island. Okay. I love how you said my brother did, even yes. though you were in the same house. Yes. He got. He was the one who got it for Christmas. He got Fireball Island. For Christmas, right? Uh, more than likely, yes. Yeah. Or Flag Day. I don't know. They, your, your parents they, apparently gave yeah, gifts they, for yes, every single yes. holiday. It didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, Fireball Island. Like... Uh, they're actually working on like a remake of Fireball Island. Shut your mouth. There's a company called Restoration Games that yeah. are, are working on it. And I'm following the work that they're doing to find out when, in fact, they're releasing said re-release because I want it something fierce. So you played Fireball, oh, Fi- Fireball Island. Absolutely. Now, I, I can't, I don't think, I, I know I had a couple of these games in the past. Fireball, Fireball Island, I can't remember if I had it or not. I remember the concept of the mm-hmm. game. Basically, you had that like big tiki head mm-hmm. that was kind of in the middle, and it had the fireball in there. And then, did you? Uh, I know you were an explorer who had yep. to work your way up, get like one of the little gems, tiki relic artifact things, yep. and then work your way back down the island, get to a boat, and then you won the game. Yes. But at any As, point, yeah. At any point, Volcor. The evil Volcor. That was oh okay. He had a name. Yes. Uh, could uh, spin? Could turn about the yeah. game board? Now, at, but at it was, f- but it was physically like a player had to physically spin it. Yes, yes. He would. Okay. He wasn't motorized or anything okay. like that. You would like turn him like so. I, I think if memory served, like you would get like it would just be like a fireball card. And like, depending on which way he was turned at the time, you'd release the fireball and there were different paths that would go down. Yeah. And the marble would come out of the yep. mouth. And if you were on the path of where the marble was going, the chances are the fireball was going to take you out. And there were legit, like, there were like bridges on there mm-hmm. on the board. Yep. There were different like fireball paths it could take. And I, I see, this is where I can't remember when it comes to turning the head. Did you get to turn the head every time you play? That or? part I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. Uh, I do also remember that Fireball Island, like the board itself, was like this this awesome like vac plastic game piece. And oh yeah. 
Um, that's why I don't think that they've made one up until this point where they're trying to get a fundraiser going for it. But it made also a great G.I. Joe uh, battlefield. <laughs> so, like, you clear out Volcor and it's yeah. just like this little tropical terrain and, like, we'd have G.I. Joe battles on it. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I don't uh, understand why they haven't made, like, you know, brought this out and had, like, constant different themes of this. Because, yeah. Like, you could easily make it, like, you know, uh, a minion type deal or something. Uh, no, like a that. lot. Of, honestly, a lot of these games we've mentioned in the 80s and 90s, think about Shark Attack. That would be cool now. Dizzy, mm-hmm. Dizzy Dinosaur, uh, Fireball Island would be cool. Grape Escape. I know they did a Looney Tunes version in the 90s of Grape Escape, but, Jesus. you know, bringing back, because kids are infatuated with Play Doh. Right. Putting a game around Play Doh. I, I mean, there's, there's a market there that people are not tapping into. People are not talking. Tapping into the the board game market like they used to. Now, I know we're going long. The very last thing I want to mention, though, is did you ever dabble into any interactive games? Like, and when I say interactive games, I mean you you popped a VHS into the TV and then played a board game? Yeah, those were the drizzling shits. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the absolute worst experience ever. Because you could really only play that game once, yeah. and then you knew when the VHS things were going to hit. Yep. It, it was like, it, it was terrible. Yeah. It, uh, obviously, they've they've continued this on into uh, you know DVD, Blu-ray games that uh, mixed it up a little bit more. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, those games, once you memorize how it's going to play out garbage uh so the only one i can remember is nightmare did you ever play nightmare i have no clue nightmare was a game where you basically you you put the dvd in and it would be uh, you had the instructions were to turn the volume all the way up okay and uh as you watched the film it was just basically a black screen and then occasionally, all of a sudden, someone would be like, ah, you guys. <laughs> all right. And uh, try to uh, basically scare you and no tell sloth, you what you... from the Goonies <laughs> ever got a second gig. <laughs> I know, as I was saying that, I was like, ah, oh, sloth. Uh, and basically try to scare you into something. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but uh, I mean, once you knew the game and, uh, even though it would be random because you, the idea was that you'd be focused on the board game that you'd forget when you hit play, like after five minutes, he's going to yell. That was the whole idea. But at the same time, you, you always remembered. All right. Hashtag never forget. (laughs) Anything else you want to add to this board games conversation? No, I mean nowadays, I mean board games are almost damn near extinct. You got like things like they are. Uh, Settlers of Catan, and that's which you know obviously like so. There's a couple of games we didn't touch base on yet, like Settlers of Catan and Risk, and like some of those other games, which uh, apparently there's a big following around. I personally People have, love them. Some board yeah, games. I personally have not played them 
Uh, I remember like the first type of these games where they were like not traditional and yeah. they were like kind of like geared towards. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say like a collector, but there's like a certain connoisseur of yeah. particular type board games. I found a Top Gun, nice game at a garage sale one nice. time, and it was basically you had these little teeny tiny, probably like less than a quarter size, different uh, ships, like different airplanes, and it was like a dogfight. And the whole map, it was like it was basically like a piece of paper. They would fold out and it had a bunch of different hexagons on it. And it was basically like you had to like map out like a whole like battle in front of you. And Interesting. Yeah. So like I bought it because I love me some Top Gun and I like the little planes. Never really, I don't think played it proper the way it was supposed to be played. But like that was my first experience with like, I, I know that there's something else out there in terms of board games mm-hmm. and it's way more advanced oh, no, it than is. I thought it was going to be. I've got a friend and I and I feel bad that I I'm not uh remembering exactly his his company name but he's gone into that and he actually developed the uh Goonies board game mm-hmm. uh that most re- recently was released. I think he might have been involved in the in uh Back to the Future game maybe too. Like he's one of those people who he focuses on board games. He was uh he was someone I played basketball with when I was back in high school. I was a sophomore, he was a senior. Played basketball together and yeah, he he's one of those who's kind of into those board yeah. games as an adult and he's gone to trade shows and stuff and he's got licenses and he's made the Goonies game and he's made wow. like the Back to the Future game I think uh, and things like that so I mean I get it I just I haven't played board games in forever I, I think you definitely had like that line in the sand you had to draw like you were either a video game guy or a board game guy and yeah. I don't think that those necessarily always intermingle they didn't uh, I leaned obviously heavy, heavier towards the uh, video game side of things but again i mean 80s and 90s were so weird that uh video games were trying to find themselves and board games were i guess also kind of trying to find themselves so the 80s and 90s were just a strange mix where i kind of delved into both of them and if i had someone to be honest (laughs) as we kind of close this out if i had someone to play a board game with i probably would uh, there there are many board games that I would love to play, but I, I just don't, unfortunately. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the board games, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it all boils down to if you got somebody to play with, it's yeah. great. If not, well, you're probably not going to play a board game. If not, you'll probably pick up the controller and play a video game. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I thought this was a good episode. It was fun. No, hey, it was a, a pizza party of hungry, party. hungry hippos and pizza party. A grape escape of eating at Ralph's. So <laughs> we got a little bit of everything in there. And badgers and mushrooms uh, and I snakes. Still don't know. What that is. <laughs> Uh, well, if anybody wants to reach us, and I don't know after this why they would want to, but. <laughs> How can they get a hold of us first? Well, you can reach us at uh, Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? At Nostalgia underscore Wax. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Nostalgia Wax. What we should 
mention, though, is this is going to be episode, what, 28? Um, math. <laughs> Am I make math in you right now? Uh, 27, I think, because, well, 27 originally got lost. I'm pretty sure it's 28. It's somewhere around. It's either 27 or 28. So what's going to happen, I'm pretty sure it's 28, is that we are going to put out a poll on Twitter. Because what happens in two episodes from now... The nostalgia. So we are going to uh, put out a poll to our Twitter following. And we are going to ask you... We'll, we'll do Twitter and Facebook. I don't know how we'll do Facebook, but... In Twitter, you can put a poll on, but we'll figure it out. And we are going to basically throw up three years... And we're going to have you vote on the year that is going to be the next Nostalgie. Because we're coming up to episode 30. Oh, boy. And that's going to be the next Nostalgies. So we're going to throw up a Twitter vote, Facebook vote. Tell us what you want to hear for the next Nostalgies. We're guessing it's going to be sometime in the 90s. More than likely. More than likely because we fit the 80s. We fit the 2000s. We're going to hit the 90s. And vote on the year you want to hear. And then after that, mm, don't put down your voting hands just yet. <laughs> because we're going to ask our waxers out there who they feel should be the Nostalgia nominees for that said year. So exciting. Uh, it's very exciting. It's that time of this month. Yes. Also. <laughs> weird also teen girl podcast yes <laughs> please subscribe to us on uh, apple on itunes uh rate us give us five stars write a written review all the reviews give us the reviews yeah even if it's bad just put a review out there sure just let us know what you think about the podcast say frank talks about badgers too much whatever doesn't matter wow I was just bringing it back. Yeah, no, nope. <laughs> Don't even try. At least, hey, Waxers, we kept on track at the beginning of the podcast. Give us credit for that. Maybe. <laughs> kind of. Maybe. Kind of. No. I, I tried. Yeah. Uh, and as always. Until next time, Waxers. Wax, wax off. off. Just your attitude